So this is Dean from Real Men Real Stories. So this is a podcast I set up to create a platform for men to come and have an authentic conversation about what it means to be a man today. So there's a number of issues that are facing men and I, I believe that you know, if we can create a space where men are able to, you know, to communicate and talk about these issues, then it can also help other men to, to unlock that potential to do the same. So today's episode, as I've, uh, as I've done in previous episodes, I'm, I'm going to invite on a, a guest to have a, an authentic conversation on one of the themes and, and topics that I think will be really interesting uh, for our listeners. So I'm really excited and actually I'm, I'm feeling a little bit nervous um, just before, before the interview because I've got Van Marinas uh, here uh, who's going to talk about the topic of uh, men's health. Now it's really interesting, I haven't seen Van for a while physically, but I've, been, I've seen him on social media quite a few times uh, and you know, seen what he's up to and it's been really interesting and you know, observing his journey. Uh, Van and I used to work together back at Sydney uh, North Leagues Club um, as fitness instructors and that's where we first met. So just before I get into having a conversation with Van, I'm just going to introduce you to Van via his bio. So Van is the owner of Community Moves Health and Fitness, which is based in Sydney's Neutral Bay. His previous roles are in sports development and coach education with the, for, with the Football Federation of Australia and the Australian Sports Commission. He's worked as a personal trainer, group exercise instructor, sports coach, a sales account manager, and for a couple of years prior to all of that, he was a school teacher. So Van has qualifications, uh, he has a master's degree in sports coaching, a bachelor's degree in human movement and health. He's also got a diploma in business management. He, he holds a cert free and four in fitness, certificate in fitness in older adults, and many other short qualifications and courses that he's gained since doing that. So I'd like to, without further ado, welcome Van to Real Men Real Stories. Hello Van. Thanks, thanks Dean, pleasure to be here, really honoured. Fantastic. Now look, uh, as I said, I'm really excited about having a conversation with you and, and you know, I was really excited to, to catch up because I've yeah. seen you for a while. Yeah, it's great. Fantastic. So firstly, before we get into any of the, the, the conversational stuff, I wanted to c- congratulate you on the birth of little Felix. She's now you. become a dad for yeah, the first time. Yeah, thanks Dean. It's probably, um, you know, if I... You listen to, to someone read the list of qualifications and, and all the experience in different jobs and stuff. Um, you know, there's been some challenges through all of those, but this is probably the greatest one, I think, coming in, being responsible for the, the growth and development and, and life of a, another human. But, you know, I'm only, I'm only two or three months in and, and it's an absolute blessing every day. So, yeah, very happy. Oh, that's fantastic to hear that. And I can see that just, just for our listeners, uh, I can see... Van is beaming, um, <laughs> so he looks like a really happy, happy dad. So, yeah. what are some of the, you know, just with embracing, you know, being a new father, what are some of the challenges that come up, come along with that? Um, oh man, I think the sense of there's just an added sense of responsibility in terms of my own behaviours. I guess you know everything now. I have to take into account every decision I make, every you know sort of action I take. Um, 
you know, it's not just about me anymore. And it's about, it's about uh, how it's going to affect the, fam- the family, my family. Um, but I also start, you know, I'm already starting to think of, of how, how important it is to help, uh, you know, mould some of the values and morals and, and stuff that, that, you know, that Felix grows up with because I think that that's probably one of the biggest influences that my family sort of had on me. Mm, I'm hearing what you said there, so yeah. just understanding that now you're feeling, you know, you've got that responsibility to, to instill those types of values yeah. and stuff that, that obviously have been instilled in you from your yeah. family. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So it's, um, you know, but you don't find all that, all that sort of overwhelming sense of responsibility, you know, it sounds a bit doom and gloom. There's also the, the, the flip side of that, which means that you know, I get to, you know, play with my little mate all the time and have fun and kick a ball with him and... You know, I, I mean, I'm already starting to wrestle with him. He doesn't wrestle back just yet, but like, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I love that. I love that sort of stuff, and I, I look forward to hopefully being, you know, as good a father as to him as, as mine is to me. So, yeah, blessed. Great, excellent. Look, g- great to hear that. You know, fatherhood looks like it's, you know, it's really working well for you. you know? <laughs> yeah, it fits well. Fits well. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Now look, uh, now, now let's kick it off. I, I like to start with a. Uh, a similar question for each guest, you know, to really sort of open up and get an idea, um, you know, about, you know, where you've come from, you know, and the transitions that have taken part in life. So, Van, can you remember a defining moment in your life where you became aware of that transition from, say, boyhood, and it may be around, you know, boy behaviors, mm-hmm. those types of things, transitioning into manhood? Well, Dean, that's a, I mean, it's a really good question. That I, yeah, I heard you ask, um, speak to Dad about that, and he was like, I heard him mention someone about seven years old. I was like, geez, we grew up in a different era. <laughs> but mate, look, for me, I think that there was, there's, a, if, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, I can look back at a few years, probably from, you know, 15 or 16 through to maybe 20 or around there. That's probably a period where I started to realise that. Yeah, I started to define my identity and, okay. and realise who I was. And what I mean by that is that prior to that, you're growing up, you know, in primary school or in your, in your you know, your, your early years, you're just, you know, a, you know, a victim of your environment, right? You're just, you know, just surviving, getting through school, you know, mum, dad, whatever it is, family, uh, brothers, sisters, that, it's all pretty straightforward. Then you get to high school and all of a sudden, it's a zoo, you know? Like, I remember going into, going into high school and you know my, my my father's his background is Greek, and you go like I went to school and I had no idea about the you know the, the cultural separations that, that oh. may exist. I walked into school and all of a sudden I was being called a wog. I was okay, oh. yeah. So so I'm with the wogs, and then there's the Aussies over there, and the Asians are hanging together, and all of a sudden I'm like, and then there's there's year twelve kids who look like grown behemoths, you know. So you just like you know, so oh, yeah. high school, mm. and then there's you know on top of that, so then you get the pull of the peer pressure and you you know you want to try, you're trying to find where you belong which group you belong to um and you know up until i was 16 were, i was quite often pulled in a direction which didn't sit with the values and as i mentioned before the morals and values which i've been growing up with at home you know some of the some of the behaviors weren't reflecting who i really felt i was inside sure but i remember battling with well i'm not ready to 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 you know distance myself from that group to follow the, the, the inside voice or the intrinsic person I am until I got to a certain age where you feel now, actually, 
I'm now man enough to, to follow those sort of things and to say no and to, to follow the, the path that I feel most, most you know, suits, suits my um, sort of core. And I think also around that time was also, you know, I, was, I almost left school uh, in year 10, but my, you know, I remember a distinct conversation having with my parents and they just, they just implored me and said, no, you're staying, stay yep. at year 12. Yep. Just at least stay at year 12 and then you can do whatever you want. And then also at the same time, I had a really influential headmaster, really influential teacher who I was, who I'd go and spend a bit of time with when I was getting into a bit of trouble at school. And he was just a really good mentor. And I, I'm still in contact with him now. I still speak oh, to him now and we still catch up. Um, and, and then, you know, at the same time, I had, you know, beautiful relationships with my brother and my sisters who, who also, you know, helped around, around that sort of period and helped sort of guide me. But then by the time I was... By the time I was 20, I'd you know, finished school, I'd, gone, I'd, I'd started university, I was working, I was, you know, a, a, yeah. dif- a different, yeah. a changed man. Um, so it was through that period where I really feel as I went from being a, a bit of a, you know, a, a, just a teenage, you know, a bit of a rebel trying to yeah. find your way, yeah. um, mm-hmm. to becoming, you know, a, a sort of a man with a, with, a, with a stronger identity. Great, yeah. excellent. Look, uh, that's a really clear, you know, um, definition of you know and, and and clear awareness of when that transition yeah. took place you know it's great that you were able to observe you know where you you know as a teenager you know you, you felt that you had to fit in with a particular group but then you know as you got a little bit older you were then to more inclined to go more with your intuitive senses about you know what what's right for you I'd be really yeah. interested to know what were the conversations that you had with your parents? What did they say? And also your headmaster, what were the sort of defining words or, or messages that they shared um, with you? I don't, <clears throat> I'm not sure that there were actually really sort of uh, overt and open, uh, like transparent conversations on the topic. Mm. But, but what I, I mean, I've been, uh, you know, I, I'm lucky enough to have been brought up in a, in a family that is firstly, always you know full of love you know full of love we're very close we we spend as much time as we can with each other so at home regardless of what i was doing out of home at home i always had a beautiful home to go to go home to where i could completely be myself and be comfortable yep at the same time my both my parents um were and are actors um and spent a lot of time you know with with community arts and multicultural groups and stuff like that my both one of my sisters a teacher one of them's a, a creative producer for you know community projects and stuff like that wow, and so okay. we've grown up around and my you know my auntie and uncle had cerebral palsy so we spent a lot of time around disabled people we spent a lot of time around multicultural communities i remember having you know going with my with my father when i was a teenager up to the Northern Territory for the Gama Festival, this big Aboriginal festival. So, so in my home environment, I knew that compassion, love, tolerance, social acceptance, these were, these were you know, what, what made me part of my constitution. These were my values and morals. And then the behavior outside with, with the peer pressure, the groups probably doing some sort of rebellious stuff as a teenager, that didn't that didn't match with what was going on at home. So it wasn't a direct conversation about this is what you need to do. It was a realization in terms of the behaviours in the environment. And then the same thing, I suppose, for like the, the headmaster. He, you know, he was he was very very good at picking up who I was, who I really was. And so he pulled me aside a few times and, and, and said, if you keep going the way you're going, and hanging out with the people you're hanging out with, and doing what you're doing. Mm. 
you'll end up you'll end up going the wrong path, and you'll end up out of school, and, and you know I'll, I'll have to kick you out. But you're, I, I know you're a good bloke. I know what your family's like. You're better than this. You need to. You need. I'll, I'll help you stay and help you go on the right correct path. And, I, I, and you know, to this day, blessed to have that opportunity to have someone look out for me like that. It's wow. you know so. Rather than there being that was probably a more direct conversation, but the one with the family was was just you know that that was just guidance through mm. through the environment and, and behaviour. Great, some yeah. you know, some lovely foundations of those values oh, that you absolutely. shared there. Yeah. You know, a really good start, and you know you, that helped you to see the awareness of you know well this is definitely not aligned with those values. And, yeah, and the love that headmaster showed to you really oh. to to really be able to hold that space for you and you know to. Mm. That should really help to steer you on the right path. Yeah. So that's fantastic. A great story, man. Thank really, you, really awesome. <coughs> so look, your your latest role. So we just mm. had a chat just before yeah. we come on air here. Um, you know, Siju is now the the founder and the owner of a health business called Community yeah. Moves Health and Fitness. Mm. So what inspired you to take the leap to <coughs> owning your own business? Um, and just to, and what are your goals? And what's the mission for the health of the community? So there's a few questions in there. Yeah, okay. Um, so let me, I'll, I'll dissect that a little bit and answer it in, in a couple of stages. So the, the motivation and where it started was, was I'd worked in, in, always worked in the fitness industry and with the fitness industry, you can sort of touch in and out. You can teach classes here and there. You can do, a, I did a bit of personal training, running my own business and always kept, kept my toe in the water. Um, but my primary roles before this were in sport development and, and, and education, working with kids and coaches, and, yep. and so I'd done that pretty successfully for, for ten years. And I got to, you know, I was, I was national mini rooms manager for Football Federation Australia. Great tick. But then, as I mentioned to you just before on, on the show, you, you get to a stage in sport where you can't go any further without sacrificing some of the things you love. So I could no longer, you know, you can't uh, climb the, the sort of ladder there and then still be a coach with boots on the ground. It, it doesn't really work that way. So I knew that, that maybe my time in sport was, was at an end. And I also, you know, I was, I was, I'm 35 now. I was 30, I would have been early 30s at the time. Um, I knew that I wanted to run my own business. I knew that it was one of those things that if I didn't do it, I'd look back and I'd think, damn, should have done it. So I, you know, then I, then I, you know, went back and said, okay, look, these are my skill set. I've done the sport thing. I've got the fitness thing. The fitness thing is where I'm going to go. So that was that was how I made the decision to, to start my own business. Then, you know, I did did a bit of research and and also looked at. So oh, I suppose you can I can categorise them as, as professional and personal reasons. Okay. So professional professional reason is if you look at the, all the market trends um, in the fitness industry and, and the gym industry, the 24-hour fitness area, saturated. Yep. The F45s, mm. saturated. So there's plenty of services out there for um, you know, your 18 to 35-year-olds. Um, but you, then you look at the population, Australian population, and generally you know, mostly around the world as well, the issue with the aging population, um, you look at people over, I mean, the, the issues with the health system and the impact on, of chronic disease and lack of activity yep. on the health system, particularly for those age groups, mm. and it's, it's massive. So there's a big issue there. So then I just, I just thought, right, there needs to be more services catering to the over 50s, helping people 
exercise properly, enjoy exercise, meet the, the daily recommended you know activity levels set by the Australian you know health organisation or World Health or whatever it may be. Um, so that was the professional side. I knew there was there was an opportunity for for a service there. Then on the personal side, it's a bit self-serving, but I, I thought of my parents. And I thought, how am I going to, you know, how am I going to keep them? You know, if I'm, I'm going to have kids, yeah. they've, I've already got, you know, four or five nieces um, and, and nephews, and how am I going to keep my, my parents as grandparents running around chasing after the kids, keeping them active, keeping them mobile? And I thought, you know, they're not. Mum, mum would have would have gone into into gyms, you know, every now and then, and she'd go and do a. A, um, a pump class or something, and walk out and have a sore back for the next two weeks, because there's 25 people in the class. They're working at a pace that yep. doesn't work for her. Yep. Um, so yeah, she she was happy to go into a gym and try it, but with limited success. My father would walk into a gym and uh, um, you know and basically stick the middle finger up and go, "This is not for me." Right? <laughs> no no yeah, way in the yeah, world. So yeah. too many bulky machines, too many blokes in sequence, too many mm. you know Instagram models. Um, Top forty music blaring on screens, you know, you, it's just not not an environment that that appeals to them at all. So, sure. with those two armed with those two factors, I thought, right. So, you know, how if I use those two as my measure, how can I get you know mum and dad to enjoy a program, a fitness a, a fitness sort of environment, um, you know, and service that that appeals to them, and they've been coming three times a week for since I started. However. There's obviously a bit of bias there because I'll I'll be upset with them if they don't. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but so, yes. so that's where that's where the vision sort of started. That's and that's um, you know so started the business. That's how it started. That's where we're at now. In terms of the health of the community stuff, the the big picture for community moves for me, the blue sky thinking, is can I create, you know, can I create something that is not just not just helps the the people who are involved inside the gym but also affects the people outside the gym so as part of that i put on free health workshops for for members of the local community so we've had the men's health workshop recently yes. I had, yep. i've had a physiotherapist i've had a chiropractor next the next one in november i'm going to have a nutritionist coming and it opens everyone so it's not just about the health of the community in here but also the health out there outside in addition to that, the membership fees that come into this place, a dollar out of them goes to a charity fund. And most recently, so we just sit on the wall there, I've got a, so the winner for October was dementia. So we, we, yes. we, we um, contributed some, some funds to Dementia Australia. And we'll, that, that fund will build up again. And we'll go through another voting process in March next year and we'll do it again for another charity organisation. So it's about that, the wider community. If then, you know, at the moment, if the members that are coming here, if that's stopping them from seeing the doctor, you know, every three months and they're moving better and they're feeling better, they're, they're, they're you know, they're not going to hospital more often, then that's less of a burden on, on the health system just in this small, small market. Then if if we can grow to a, a size where it's, you know, all of a sudden you're, you're talking about rather than hundreds of members, you're talking about thousands of members and maybe you're talking about more than that. If all those people are again the benefits from this sort of service, then you know that's, that's a great legacy to leave and to you know to be part of that is is something I, I really aspire to. Fantastic! Look, thanks for sharing. I, look, I really love you know I really love the vision. You know you, you know particularly. Um, the way you know you're not just serving the community in here but the community outside you know to yeah. run you know those workshops complementary workshops i think that's you know 
that's a great asset, you know, and uh, really a good sense of community. But then also to to give money back to organisations that are going to benefit from you know from what you're doing here. I think that's fantastic, you know, and and you know, and it's it's serving the community, but also as well, it's you know, you, you're helping your family, which is your immediate community. You know, you're looking yeah. after you know your your parents. Maybe there's a obviously a bit of a self interest there because you yeah. want those uh, <laughs> yeah. you want those babysitters, <laughs> yeah. you know, for yeah, the future. Right. But, it, but it's yeah. such a yeah. I just love the yeah. love the vision. I love what what you, you you've set up, Van. So yeah, thank Thanks, thank you thank you for sharing. So you've been working in health and wellness for a considerable amount of time, and you know you've shared yeah. um, that you know you've done a variety of different things. You know, we know in our industry, it's it's quite evident that uh, it's an industry that you know there's not always great longevity for everyone. You know, a lot of trainers, exercise professionals, they get burnt out, and then you don't see them again in yep. the industry. So. What would you say is the key ingredient for maintaining longevity, not only in, in our careers, but in our lives? And could you share some tips for our listeners? Um, yeah, look, I think it's, firstly, it's important to, I mean, it's, it's important to note that all I can do is, is speak from my own experience. Yeah, and sure. I can tell you the story, you know, story from my experience, which is by no means, you know, I'm not an authority on, on this sort of stuff and I've not got, you know, the, the, the greatest experience. and so. You know, this is based pretty much anecdotal sort of stuff. But in terms of, I think for me, longevity, what's kept me, what's kept me in the industry, um, and and still, you know, passionate, and, and which will, you know, likely be, you know, touch wood, all going well. I'll be in this industry until, you know, until I retire. Um, however, I think that it's just, you've got to be passionate, right? So you, you yeah, whatever you're doing, for me. I know that the reason I'm doing this is because I'm passionate about it. Mate, I lo- like I love exercising. I love exercising. I love, you know, feeling fit, trying new things. I love working with people and helping them gain fitness. Um, and then, you know, at the same time, I also, you know, despite my rocky start in, in high school, I love I love education. So I love learning. And I there is this the, one of the beautiful things about the health and fitness industry is there's always more to learn. You know, there is always another course to do. There's always new science coming out. There's always another, you know, philosophy to, to get your head around or to try and integrate into your own into your own philosophy of training. So that for me, my love for you know for what I do, the passion about it, but then also the ability to keep learning and keep growing. That for me is 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 what keeps me keeps me going in the industry. It I, I totally understand the 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 sort of dropout rate. I get sure. it because the hours can be, they can be brutal, you know, and so, and also, as we sort of you know mentioned mentioned before, it's it's an emotional roller coaster, you know. I, I, so before coming into this, I, I did a year and a half back as a personal trainer full time, just so I could you know fully you know get myself prepared to be training all the time and mm. and you know work on the business and all this sort of stuff that I need to do. But as you know, if you're as a personal trainer full time. You know, one week you've got you've got a full book of sessions. The next week, people cancel. They go on holiday. All of a sudden, you've got you know a handful of sessions. You're thinking about your income. You're questioning your quality as as a trainer, as a person, your value. You're walking around. You're kicking pebbles. You know, but then yeah, next week yeah. you're busy. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're walking on clouds. It is so that that uncertainty week to week is is really tough. And I and then you know that that nine to five holiday pay. You know, clock in, clock off, starts to look really appealing. <laughs> you know, so, 
Um, that, that I understand that the dropout rate. You just, I think, you've just got to find a balance. Um, and I'm lucky enough now to have to have found that. Um, I think then, so then in terms of longevity outside of that, so was it the next part was about longevity in health long term, sort of. Yeah. Thing? So, so longevity. So you know that we know obviously in our industry, longevity can be can be difficult. You know, mm-hmm. if you if you don't you know look after yourself. You know, with, with that in mind, thinking about outside of, say, our industry yeah. for, you know, for your normal clients, what would be yeah. some of the tips that you'd share with them about oh. longevity? You know, what, what would a key elements? Yeah, I think, look, you know, without, like, without prescribing anything, mm-hmm. the things that, the things that, that for me are, are important now and I always see will be important in terms of maintaining my, my mental and physical health as I grow older is... Firstly, you know, obviously the predictable, most you know, low-hanging fruit for me is exercise, right? Yeah. Of course, you know, our, yeah. you know, the fitness trainer telling people to exercise, um, but it's not just the regular exercise for the physical benefits, that sort of stuff. Exercise for me is is, is something I consider a, a keystone habit, and you, you may have heard this before, but it then affects how I behave, my behaviour with other things, right? So if I if I'm exercising every day. I'm more likely to feel good about myself. I'm more likely to make more sensible um, food nutritional choices. Right? I'm not going to leave the gym and then go and eat, eat crappy food. I'm going to go and eat something healthy because I'm feeling good about myself. At the same time, if I'm training in the morning, I'm not going to stay up late at night and lose sleep and go out, you know, drinking on a bender because I'm committed to going, going and, and training the next day. And I want it to. It just has flow-on effects for everything else. Plus, there's, you know, the, I mean, the evidence around the hormones released, you know, during, after exercise, the mental health benefits, the, you know, what we preach in here, and, and some of the great benefits about this place at the moment are not only the groups of, of people coming in and exercising, but they're now making connections where they they've now got friendship groups and they go out for a coffee as well. So we're we're building social connections as well. Fantastic. So that then leads into the next one. So I think for me as well, maintaining. <clears throat> Maintaining friendships with, with, with close mates and ensuring that, that I see those people regularly. So, you know, also having, yeah, I mean, my whole life is, is you know, is dedicated towards my own family, of course. But I've got to see, I've got to see my mates every now and then because there's that version of myself I need to satisfy as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, I've got to keep those close friendships. I also think another one is, is that for me, so for me, and you, you would have known this as well, football. Right, so so sport. So yes. for me, I still I still try and kick a ball, and I still try and play football. Although I'm you know I'm getting a bit older, a bit slower, but it's that one thing that's mine, you know. So within my family, it's 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 a thing that I do for me, and it's a connection that no one else in my family really has, you know. But it is is something that that is so great for. You know, for social connection, for you, you know, you get on the football pitch and you're working towards a goal with a group of mates. And that sort of stuff for me is really important. So I suppose in a general sense, for longevity, you know, my my advice or what I'd, I'd suggest that works for me is having a having a like a hobby or something that you work on that's yours, something that you own. Whether it's you're going to learn something new or you're you're part of the you know local surf club or something like that, where you're you're giving yourself and your time to something else. I think that's that's really important for longevity, um, and then the other one is obviously, you know, and, and it's I understand it's it's hard to, to say this because you know it's not not as easy for everyone, but family, you know, but 
having you know having loving people around you just you know the sense of the sense of fulfillment and warmth and support you get from being from having you know close family and it's not obviously not not an option for a lot of people and there's a lot of people in different circumstances that that don't have that but that for me personally is something that that will will definitely provide you know longevity and, and health for me fantastic oh there's so much gold within that uh, van um, look uh, yeah just touching on those um, those rituals and habits that you that, that you talked about it's so important to have those you know from those social connections you know the, the bread and butter exercise having yeah. that in you know releasing those endorphins that you know just keeps your your mind you know uh, moving towards you know feeling good if you're yeah. feeling good you're more likely to then make better choices yes yeah. so, so that's fantastic and yeah. to wrap it up you know with with family you know as uh, you know as that is that initial bond that bonding place you know you're surrounding yeah. yourself with, with 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 people that care about you and then you know I like that uh, how you talked about with sport it's something that's your own something that's yours you know you're you're in you're basically sharing a collective goal if you like mm. you're all working with a team in order to you know to to beat the other team if you like yeah. but it's a shared experience yeah that's right so mm. that connection i think the other thing dean that, that, that i probably didn't mess, uh, uh, mention was also with so like you know with work with your day-to-day a sense of purpose right so having it like for me mm. having a sense of purpose but also it being something something worthwhile Right, so feeling as though I'm, I'm contributing and that it's that you're helping create something better for other people and trying to improve other people that that for me is a real is a real key to you know gets you up out of bed every morning keeps keeps you going you know it's a, I remember and I, I one of the, like there was a you know Steve Bidolf you know he's the yes. author Steve Bidolf wrote, yes. wrote, wrote these beautiful books beautiful. on on raising boys and and I remember reading one of them um, and it was about teenage boys and one of the things that was always stuck with me was he said, find, find, do something worthwhile. And that has always stuck with me. And I've tried to, you know, it's just one of these things, yeah, you read all these different things. And sure. some you pick, but that's one that resonated with me. And I've always tried to go, right, am I doing something worthwhile? To me, you know, to me, it doesn't necessarily have to be worthwhile to everyone else, but it does, it, does, it, does it fit with my, as we mentioned before, morals, values, constitution, that sort of stuff. And that, that for me is a, a real key for, for longevity great look i think that's a great you know message to share with 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 men listening you know the uh you know it's important that you know what you're doing is you feel it's worthwhile to yourself and to make that contribution i think that's that's gold you know it's real wisdom in that so thank thanks for sharing van thank you look i was listening to a to a podcast yesterday on mel's on men's health and what really astonished me, because I know sort of when I first started the industry, it was you know heart disease and these t- you know diabetes, these types of issues that are real concern, you know, for men, but you know people in general. But now we're seeing that there's this you know uh, real issue around mental health, you know, particularly yeah. things like depression and anxiety uh, that men are sort of facing. And we're seeing like different sort of service providers through their ads and campaigns, you know, to try and drive the message home that it's important for men to, you know, to ask for help, to get support and, and guidance. And it's really interesting and timing-wise, I know that uh, Community Moves has just uh, connected with uh, Men's Anchor to, to run uh, an awareness night, you know, on, on, you know, to create awareness and conversations around mental health. With that in mind, what were some of the conversations 
and messages that came of being part of a night like that. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Dean, because that was that was one of the that, that was the best. You know, with no disrespect, obviously, to the other <laughs> leaders of the workshops, but the, in terms of the workshops we've had here, mm. that was by far, you know, for me, the, the best one we've had. Just in terms of the turnout, but the the message and a big. Great big credit to, to Steve at Manacre. So he just uh, you know started this this journey by himself, just noticing that there's not really that many um, people talking about men's health out there. You know, it's one of these taboo topics, um, and there's not that much. And, and you know, his his philosophy was really simple. And so some of the stuff we got out of that was just that you know, so a simple conversation can save a life, right? And so Love it. basically, it's it's about you know, just asking because we always hear, you know, you hear about, you know, these tragic suicides and, and things and guys go to depression. And one of the first things people always say is, you know, he seemed to have it so together. He said, you know, no one yeah. knew Jesus. He had always had a smile on his face. How did you know? But it's, it's maybe because no one ever asked him, you know. And so by sitting down, the, the main message is that just, you know, if you're, firstly, if you're feeling like you've got a problem, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help. Which is harder than you know, pretty difficult to do. But it's also then, as a you know, as a mate, if you notice someone, like if you pick up on the signs that maybe, yeah, you know, and there was a whole list of things that you can you can you can get the, all the information from like Black Dog or um, you know the, some of the, the health websites. Um, but if you if you pick up on some of the signs that mm. someone close to you, a friend, a mate, whoever it may be, maybe going through some mental distress, just ask the question. And yep, not necessarily yep. about getting an answer, sure. But it's just so they know that there is someone there that cares, that that is that is there for them. And that for me was was really was really powerful. It just you know that it's not it's just about saying, mate, are you okay? You know, and that's all. Um, and so then you know, and then off the back of that, there's you know there's these mental health workshop, uh, mental health workshops, but also like a, a first mental health first aid course that you can go on and. Um, yeah, so the, the man anchor and the men's, men's health workshop stuff was 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 really fantastic, um, and yeah, the, just the stuff around just being aware and, and starting a conversation, you know, not being afraid to talk to people. That's that's the biggest the biggest take home. Oh, no, I think that's great, and you know, as and it doesn't have to be the emphasis as you've just said that on the man experiencing the mental health. It can be the people around them can just you know start the conversation and say, yeah. look, you know are you okay mate you know and it just starts as, as simple as that and then that person knows oh okay they care yeah. so then it then opens up okay now i can i yeah. can have a conversation and now ask for help so that's right. look that that's fantastic and mm. you know and you know great you know it's a great message to to share with with the listeners and, and particularly men that i don't for whatever reason it is where yeah. it goes back to our you know our early conditioning we're not the greatest that ask them for help. That's right. And so, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, you know, and so, you know, we get the ad, the advent of things like the, you know, the men's shed, like stuff like that. And I mean, you know, trying to get, trying to get groups of guys into places like this. And, and I think once again, going back to the sporting connection, sure. you know, one of those things, I think just by virtue of being part of a, a club and a, and a sports club, you're already, you know, with a group of people that are searching for that goal. And, you know, it's just good for your, your sort of mental health. You know, and so he's, you know, the, the, the group exercise thing, because a lot of, particularly what I've, what I've, I've found through the research and working with, particularly the demographics that I'm working with, is one of the biggest issues is isolation. Oh, 
right? That, you know, people lose, they lose connection with friends. It's hard to go and meet people. It's, you know, all of a sudden they're thinking, oh, well, there's, there's no one in my life I can talk to. I'm not really close with anyone. And it's just this downward spiral, right? So, you know, it, it's about trying to create connections with people as much as anything else that, that I think is, is really important for, for mental health. Yeah, look, I love that. And, you know, uh, I've heard it, you know, many times where, you know, it comes down to, comes back to connection. When you've got that connection, then there's, there's room for, you know, for the relationship to, to develop and it creates that platform where people feel yeah. they're, they're cared for again, you know, yeah. when you connect yeah. in. So, look, that, that, that's great to have those platforms. And, I, you know, and it comes with, like, love what you're building here, you know, that, that real community spirit. Mm. You know, and, and, and moving away from that isolation, providing a, a space where people yeah. can connect. It's yeah. really important. There's a, um, I don't know if you see it, there's a, the, the guy Simon Sinek, he does a lot okay. of TED Talks and stuff, and he does one on, on um, some of the, you know, it's on leadership, but he talks about the, the basic, you know, some of the hormones of the, the human body, yeah. right? So, and some of the stuff that I, that I pick up from that is around that, you know, that by, by firstly, you know, the, the endorphins from exercise, yeah, great, but some of the other ones around, Oxytocin, so the, the hormone that's released when you're with people. So you're with people, you're with friends. It's the love, the love chemical, and it just it helps in terms of not just making you feel feel welcome, feel like you belong, but there's actually physiological benefits in terms of your immune system and things like that. And you're like, and so when you don't have that, and you then maybe you're stressed about that, and you increase levels of cortisol. All of a sudden, it's it's inhibiting your immune system, and there's just these other cycles. So the importance of being around people that that you know for a common goal or you're sharing an interest in something is not just you know it doesn't just just sound good it feels good for a, a physiological reason as well as a, as a you know, psychological one great look it, yeah. it ticks all the boxes yeah Vance, fantastic look that's that, that's real wisdom there man so thank thanks for thanks for sharing there so look moving straight on to the next question really ties in nicely look stress is another issue that, that affects men's health we know that more and more people now are you know, experiencing overload due to high expectation and limited, limited time to meet these expectations. And that's creating you know, that, that movement towards the feelings of overwhelm. You know, and then we're seeing you know, those mental health issues you know, sort of stem from that. So you know, I, I recognize that you've got a lot going on in your life, mm. man. You know, new child, new business. You know, so it's, it's a lot to take on. So, how do you manage, you know, your stress, and what strategies can you share with the audience in order to be able to, you know, a little bit of stress is okay. What, what strategy can you share in order to keep those strategies, uh, keeping that stress level manage, manageable? Yeah, yeah it's, that's a good question, Dean. Um, I, 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 I can definitely recognise that my ability to, to deal with those, the, the stress emotions and the anxiety is much better now as, as I've matured than it was 10 years ago. You know, on, on one of your other podcasts, you talk about, you know, if our only emotion that, that we can, you know, exhibit is, is anger and stuff like that, and that's how we get things out and manage our stress, then then that's the only one that we can, we can display, right? Whereas for me, you know, I think it, it goes back to, firstly, to, to ed, you know, some of the education stuff, you know, wanting to read and wanting to learn more. So, you know, you read about, um, you know, about stress management or about, you know, there's, there's a real movement in terms of, um, you know, wellness and stuff and, you know, around like meditation and breathing exercise and some of that stuff on the power of the mind. And so for me personally, I know, I now know and I'm able to, 
to sometimes step back from my own stress and I realize, yeah, there may be a lot of things going in. I can get stuck in my own head and, you know, I'm thinking about the kid and the business and, you know, it's not yeah. working. I'm filled with self-doubt all the time. It happens all the time. Mm. However, rather than letting that manifest and becoming a problem, I'm, I'm now able to, to step back. And one of the things I, one of the things I, I, I always use, and whether it's a strategy or not, is, is I, I think about about myself on a, on a map, right? So I'm standing, I'm standing here in, in neutral bay and I've got these stresses. Mm. If I then, if we then zoom out and you go to the, the satellite zooms out and I'm still at this little speck in Sydney. Then we zoom out, little speck in Australia. We zoom out around the world. All of a sudden, I'm this little ant in this little place, not even on a speck of sand, and I'm only contributing potentially 90 years to millennia of years before and, and will be after. So my issues, although they may seem like they're all consuming, are really fodder. You know, they're, they're really, in, in turn, in a perspective of, of where I am in the universe, it is not that bad. And then at the same time, my struggles are never going to be any more, any more, any worse than anyone else's. And I, I you know, I have got, I'm nothing but blessed. You know, if we're born, you know, born in Australia, firstly, beautiful. I've grown up with, as I mentioned plenty of times, a beautiful family. I, I live on Sydney's northern beaches. What do I really have to complain about? You know, so for me, that works, that works for me. And that may not work for other people because they haven't had the same experience. Some of the other stuff I do is, is like some simple things for me rather than saying, what if? Because if I say, what if this happens? What if I don't get more members? What if I can't feed my family? What? Rather than saying, what if? If I change that to what would I do if? All of a sudden I'm coming up with actions rather than, rather than uncertainty. So for me, that's a really powerful strategy because I go, what would I do? Actually, okay. What would I do? Because all of a sudden I can I can control it. It's something that I can control and I can create a strategy for, rather than something that is that is uncertain and, and out of my control. So for me, for me in terms of stress management, that really works. Um, yeah. That's, right. That's Look, I, I love those. There's some absolute yeah. gems there. I really like uh, specifically. I like the one where uh, you're able to you know to take yourself you know from planet earth if you like into outer space and be able <laughs> yeah. to look down at yourself as a nan and then to look at well hold on a minute you know are these problems really as big as big as i anticipated when i was there yeah. you know when i really look at the scheme of things people coming before before me people coming after me you know just putting it into perspective that's that's really gay and i really like the um you know i'm, I'm going to steal this man to be honest is the the what if to the what could, you know, what if I could? What would to, I do? What would yeah, I do, sorry, yeah. what would I do? Because yeah. I really like that because you're, you're bringing it from, you know, that sort of catastrophizing type of thinking mm. where everything's going wrong and you're doubting to, to more of, you know, well, what can I do? What's in my control? Yeah. So you're, rather than reacting and, you know, in that uncertainty, you're, you're basically coming from that responding you're responding to what you can do and yeah. just realizing that if I can't do anything else that that's okay yeah 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 that's, that's exactly right man. I think it's you know it's important to just worry about the things you can control you know because otherwise you know head explodes because you know, there's too many things that we can't so yeah for me you know for me once again they they work for me and it's it's purely anecdotal and based on personal experience but 
Um, you know, they, they may not be the strategies for other people. Um, however, you know, if you want to steal it, mate, you can. Thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. And also as well, coming back to your to your blessings. You know, uh, talking about you know where, where you've been born. You know, you're in Australia. You've got a beautiful family around you. New child lovely fiance, all of these different things, you're really counting your blessings and you're moving more into yeah. that gratitude mindset. Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I used to work with a guy who did, yeah. and, and I, I've heard it mentioned plenty of times, you know, the, the grateful diary. So if you, like, yeah. every morning you wake up and you write three things you're grateful for. Um, so strategies like that are fantastic because then you just start your day thinking, you know, I could get up every morning and write, grateful for receiving, a, 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 you know, spending an hour with my son last night, grateful for... Um, waking up next to my beautiful fiance this morning and grateful for driving in this morning and, and open up the doors and working with great clients. So you start the day and you've got these three things and you're just in a positive mind frame, right? Otherwise, if, if I don't do that, you know, potentially you, you wake up, you're like, it's raining, I'm sat in traffic, I get here, there's people banging on the door. You just, you know, you can do, and just, yep. it's just the power of the mind, mate. You know, it's, it's phenomenal. Love it. I love it. Fantastic. Now, look, you know, one thing, uh, one thing I've noticed is, uh, you know, in, in myself is that, um, you know, like you, you share the love for the beautiful game. Mm. What I've noticed, though, is, uh, and I think you touched upon it a little bit earlier, as, as we get, as, well, I know as I'm getting older, you know, I'm not able to move as fast. I'm losing that type of, <laughs> that fitness, that sharpness. Yeah. And, and really, it's my mind that's telling me, well, you should hang up the boots, you know, if you're not doing it as well, and all, all of the, you know, all of the, all of the, all of those things. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, observing yourself, I know you've played at, you know, a very high level, New South Wales Premiers with a Seaforth, you know, I, I remember watching you in a game, actually, very, very good player, so you were captain that game um, on Seafield Foval, so I remember watching a game there. So, you know, how, how do you manage to, you know, to maintain, you know, your opportunity for one to, to still be able to play, yeah. but also how do you manage your, your fitness, is it, and do you sort of use any sort of tricks and different training strategies as you've got older to train smarter? Oh, look, absolutely. I mean, the, you know, with, with, with age and experience, you're, you're obviously, you know, as you mentioned, like I'm guided by my body, right? There are things now that, that I just can't do, but it also, you know, it also there's a realisation that, that there's a lot of things that I should have done as a young man to take care of my body that I didn't do. Because when you're young and invincible, you, yep. you, I'll do, you know, you train two or three times a week football. I'd go to the gym every day, plus I'd do a bit of CrossFit at night. And then, you know, as much as I'd be telling clients, oh, you've got to stretch, you've got to do your mobility, Never did it myself. Sure. Never did that sort of stuff myself. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, as I mentioned before, 35 now. I've got arthritis in in my right ankle from from football, mm. right? So I'm okay. going to have to live with arthritis in my ankle for the rest of my life Could, because I rolled it so many times playing football and didn't take care of it properly, right? So, but now with the benefit of hindsight, <clears throat> and also knowing what I know now. You know, with, with years of experience in, in the fitness industry and with all the education I've done and all the study and the experience working with clients, my, stra- my training philosophy is now, has now shifted a lot. Where, where once upon a time I would have gone into a gym and just gone lift heavy, squat hard, train to failure, um, you know, smash yourself every workout. Now I've got a much greater appreciation for, you know, working on mobility, the, the, working on movement patterns and motor control and the importance of, 
of you know technique before you know there, there's um, you know there's a good uh, organisation they talk about move move well before you move often and so that's something that now I really hold close to me because I spend a lot of time yeah I can still do the, the workouts with, I can still do the workouts where I um, you know get the heart rate up and work really hard and, and, and push myself but then I also appreciate the workouts where I spend a bit of time doing you know stuff with balance and just trying to get the body right and keep it right um, so my, my training's definitely shifted to that sort of stuff and appreciation, you know. Uh, I'm not so much about the aesthetics anymore, you know. When you're a young kid, you're thinking about the beach muscles. You know, sure. like, everyone's working yeah. the biceps and the chest because they yeah. can see it in the mirror. Yeah, um, mirror muscles. But now, you know, man, I've, you know, I've got, I've got the most beautiful woman, woman in the world, so I don't need to, um, to, to attract any more of those. And, um, you know, it's not that much of a priority. Priority for me is how am I going to keep my body healthy and, and mobile and, and functioning as I get older. Uh, so that's, that's definitely how the priorities have changed. More, more mobility and movement control rather than you know, lift heavy and fast. That's 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 great. Look, and I I think that's you know great advice for you know for people as they're shifting into that next decade of life to you know to start understanding that you know uh, we don't have to stop. You know, we can just shift the way we, you yeah. know, we look at our training, and, and, and that's great. I love the way you talked about, you know, in your earlier days, it's more mirror muscles and <laughs> trying yeah. to attract the mate. Yeah, that's right. And now you understand, you know, because you, you know, you understand longevity and that that you're you're training smarter and you know you're doing your mobility and all of these different things, you know, so that your body keeps going, stays yeah. healthy. Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, for the like, if you look at the the football, the reference as well. The, You've also got to know your body, right? And so, be, you know, for me, trying to get through, you know, get through a session like maybe a fitness session or a pre-season session with, you know, with some of the boys in the squad, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to tell the coaches and they've got to understand that I'm not going to get through the same amount of work that the 20-year-old blokes are. If I do that run, I won't be playing for the next three weeks. Yeah, so like you've yeah. got to know your body. Yeah. But then yeah. the other thing, for, for training smarter and to keep yourself moving, mm-hmm. you've got to find something you love. There is no point trying to, you know, if I'm trying to convince someone that they've got to come into the gym and they don't enjoy it, and it becomes, you know, um, onerous and, and laborious and it's an issue for them, they're not going to stick to it. If they want, if they if they get more enjoyment by being outside, going for a hike, doing some push-ups and squats in the park, do that every day. You know, keep doing something you enjoy. Otherwise, you set yourself up for failure. Fantastic. Doing something you love, you. Much easier to build those habits and routines, yeah, isn't it? Absolutely. Oh, great, great stuff. Now, look, we're gonna one final question. So, look, we got some absolute okay. gold, gold today. So, you know, really excited about sharing this particular episode. So, look, if you could go back and have a word with that teenage self, maybe at sixteen, so around about that sixteen age, yeah. what sort of advice <coughs> would you give that sixteen-year-old Van, or around about that age, on what it, on what it? takes to lead you know a successful and healthy life what, what would you what would you say oh dino good question good question um what would i say to 16 year old van in terms of making sure you live a healthy and sort of fulfilled life um firstly i'd probably slap him i'd probably <laughs> give him a little slap a little clip around okay. the ears and just you know just telling him to sort of wise up a little bit but, but I think 
I think, you know, I probably just, I think one of the most important things, and not just, just you know, to, to myself, but to, to everyone anywhere, is just about respect. So I, I teach him to firstly respect himself. So respect himself in terms of taking care of himself, um, you know, take care of the body, eat well, do, do the things that you need to do to maintain your own health. So respect yourself and respect others. You know, in, in all aspects of life, just have a level of respect for, for others, for things, for everything. Just because I think that if, you, if, I, if I could give him that advice and carry, carry it through, um, then maybe some of the, the, hard, the harder times and the transitions would have been a bit easier because you've got, you know, you'd have more respect for some of the, uh, the people telling you to do something who probably know better. Um, and then, you know, respect for you, yourself in, in getting yourself out of some of the situations that, that maybe you got yourself into. But, um, yeah, without, without being able to prepare much for that, that question or, or without, you know, thinking on it too long, that's probably what I'd, what I'd say to him. Fantastic, man. Look, that's a, that's a great, great advice. Uh, you know, for any teenagers out there, you know, uh, you know, that respect, having that respect for yourself and respect for others around you. I really love that as a, you know, as a way to finish the day. And look, it's been a, an absolute pleasure. It's been great. That's it. I really, really enjoyed it. I think, you know, it's been a, a really lovely flowing conversation. I think we've touched on you know, a lot of topics there, you know, around health and life, et cetera, et cetera. And it, you know, I feel there's been some absolute gold. So like I said, I'm looking forward to, to re-listening and, and sharing it with our viewers. So thanks very, thanks very much, Van. Thanks for your time. Uh, really honored and, uh, you know, and, and really value this catching up. You know, I haven't seen you for a long time. So thank you Great. very much. Thanks, Steve. Much thanks, appreciated. Um, keep up the good work, mate. Thank you. So that ends uh, today's episode around men's health. Um, and that was uh, Van Marina, so abs- absolute pleasure to, to have this conversation. Uh, in our next episode, we'll be bringing on uh, another guest where we'll be talking about another topic that, that men face on a, on a daily basis or issues that come up in their life. So thanks again and tune in to us next time.